guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. And we're so glad you're joining in to listen today. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapters 16 through 17. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 13 through 15. In chapters 13 through 15, we discussed laws about leprosy, which included a multitude of skin conditions, laws for cleansing people with those conditions, laws for cleansing houses, laws about bodily discharges, and when slash how to become clean after coming into contact with them. Brings us here. Yes. To 16. To 16. The Day of Atonement. If we sound a little different, it's because... Um, we're ill. We're under the weather. <laughs> under the weather. Under the weather. Some of us may or may not have COVID. I, st- <laughs> I did not have COVID, so if it gives you any for indication... Once. For right? once. For once. <laughs> it was not me. No. I. Yeah. It's just a fall crud. Like, it comes around. I thought it was going to be gone by the time, you know this week rolled around but it's not here we are lovely anyway chapter 16 talking about the day of atonement now if you remember from our introductory episode the chapter 16 kind of stands alone in that it's like the midway point of leviticus yes because we talk about what do we talk about in the beginning we talked about like sacrifice Mm -hmm. rituals purity the priesthood and all that stuff and then we had the day of atonement and then it goes into like the moral purity something else with the priests and then we have rituals on the outside of it again yes so just to kind of recap of the first half of the book we've mostly been talking about the sacrificial system you know what what are burnt offerings what are sin offerings what are grain offerings and all of those sacrifices achieve something right and it's and it's the day of atonement is kind of where they all come together in like this drop all moment of what the sacrifices mean and it's specifically a day for that sacrifice it's like the super bowl of sacrifices exactly exactly even though we don't have like four yeah we don't have like all of the sacrifices on this one day no but we have all of what they can accomplish yeah so we have repentance we have ransom we have purification and then obviously the covenant relationship mm-hmm. god in their midst which is what they accomplish through all of these sacrifices which the day of atonement also does and all of those steps encompasses that for the entire people of israel correct so before no let's just get into it are you ready i'm ready well i have kind of an outline let's do the outline okay <laughs> let's do the outline this I, is your show today it, no um i think it was an rts lecture maybe i've li- i looked into a lot of things for this chapter because i feel woefully unprepared and unqualified to talk about mm-hmm. it like every other chapter in the book of leviticus mm-hmm. yeah um so if some of my references aren't correct i'm sorry um rts i think is the one that outline this for me we have the introduction in verses one and two we have the specification of animals and clothing that are going to be used on the day of atonement which mm-hmm. is verses three through five we have the outline or summary of the ceremonies in verses six through ten then we have like the detailed description of those ceremonies in verses 11 through 28 and that section the fourth section is broken apart into three separate sections so we have three subsections from that and then we obviously have the end which is that perpetual statute declaration of saying you shall do this forever so those are those five little things so let's jump into the introduction here for a moment 
It says, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, do not come at any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. That's the introduction, verses one and two. Here it is. We have it. When I read that for the first time, I was like, okay, wait, why would they bring up Nadab and Abihu again? Well, this just happened. Like, this is like pretty much immediately, like right after that. Right? Is it? Is and it, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you think they tried to enter into the veil? Who? Nadab and Abihu. Yeah, I, that's what I think happened to them. They like, tried, other than the fact that they offered un. Yeah, I think they did that because. Fire. Yeah, because I mean, they just tried to approach him for no real reason other than the fact that they thought that they could. Mm-hmm. And I think when you think about, like, I think it's difficult. I shouldn't say it's difficult, but like, what we picture, I guess, is approaching God. It's the picture that we have of approaching God is completely different because we live on the other side of the cross. Yeah. Whereas like then I think, you know, when we talk about approaching God, I mean, I would think, yeah, because God is considered to be in the Holy of Holies Mm -hmm. that, yeah, they would have to me would have went in there. So you don't think it was just because they offered fire in their incense burners that was not his? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. But I think probably what, what happened is, is they probably, went to cross the threshold yeah and died you know kind of like how because think about oh my goodness what's what's his name what'd you say crispy is it is what's his name uzza uzza i mean the second he touched it the Mm -hmm. ark he was dead Mm -hmm. so the second they would have like anything i keep this is so terrible i'm again with the football alliterations here or hyper visually <laughs> again with like the football you know what i mean visuals here yes. like you know how like in order for the football to cross the the end zone the only thing it has to do is cross a plane and it's a touchdown mm-hmm. to me only one thing has to cross the threshold into the glory of god oh yeah without and then so to me yeah it would be like oh they probably just took one step in and were immediately done hmm. but i of course don't know that for a fact yeah my study Bible says that it they think they tried to go beyond the veil, which yeah. is why we have like this occasion um, explaining the immediate occasion for the Day of Atonement ritual because it just it, happened. It just happened. Yeah. yeah. And then in doing that, they defiled it. Yeah. So. And I actually even wrote a note that says it's easy for us to forget God's holiness because we don't have um, literal death looming over us. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's actually not the note that I wanted to read. But I mean, it's, but it's true. true. Yes, that's true. Um, I mean, people oftentimes forget how we should be in reverence of him, you know? Yeah. And that he's literally everywhere all the time. And I guess that was the note that I had. We should live like that, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> I was just making sure I didn't miss another note. I, I guess I thought I wrote something out, but I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was it so basically god tells them what's going to happen if they go beyond the veil like even the priests like nobody was to go beyond the veil certain death 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 so that he may not die yes do not come into do not come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that he may not die like don't get any simpler than that right it's straightforward Exactly. exactly Okay, so we move so. on to the second section here. It is um, the animals and the clothing that are... I don't know what is going on <laughs> with my notes. 
Okay. It's the animals and the clothing that yeah. are supposed to be used in the Day of Atonement ritual. Yeah. What is that? Three through five? Three through five. Yes. So Aaron shall come into the holy place, but with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and have all the linen undergarments on his body. And he shall tie the linen sash, blah, blah, blah. He shall bathe in water and put them on. And he shall take the congregation of the people of Israel, two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So we have the linen clothes that Mm -hmm. the priest is supposed to wear the high priest is supposed to wear. And then you have the bull for a sin offering for him and a ram for a burnt offering for him and his household. Yes. And then you have for the people of Israel, two goats, two goats. for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Correct. So the linen clothes yes. are much different from his priestly garments. Yeah. If you remember back in Exodus, we talked about the priestly garments. They we were did. very Ornate. elaborate. Yeah. Very distinguished. And they were beautiful. They the, were made for... Very expensive. Glorifying God. Yeah. And being beautiful. Yep. Um, and basically being like, hey, I'm the high priest. I can talk to God. Mm-hmm. Look at me and mm-hmm. all of my beauty. Also, <laughs> I am a physician. <laughs> right? <laughs> And a butcher. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but these linen clothes are what he's supposed to wear on the Day of Atonement. They're very bland. They're simple. They're white. Um, and it's very humble, I feel like, to go from this like bedazzled outfit to just sheets. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Um, Bible TV or Bible.tv calls them his quote working clothes his working clothes yeah. you wouldn't call like his priestly garments his working everything he, that he wears every other day yes they, he just said that th- these were his working clothes because he was coming before god i see yeah okay and he you know just kind of makes you to remind yourself or remind him you know i mean if you're gonna humble yourself yeah you know because you, you be might be the humble. high priest to the people but I mean, it was a day of humiliation, A, for him Mm -hmm. and for the people of Israel because they had to face their sin. Like, the reason they have to do all of these things is because of them. Mm -hmm. Like, and their uncleanness and their sinfulness and their selfishness and everything. Yeah. This whole thing made me think of the very first sacrifice that we talked about back in Genesis. And it just made me so sad all over again. Right. With the animal with the Right. And that's an animal. And then, of course, you know, you have the whole going through the whole... I mean, we had that conversation earlier about Jesus going through what he went through, you know? Yes. So he had to fully bathe himself or clean himself before wearing the linen clothes, which do you know if it was that common for them to actually like bathe on a regular basis? You know, I was thinking about that and I was probably not like, probably not a bath bath. No, it's by immersion. Like Like, when they say bathe yourself. But I mean, like not on a regular basis. I mean, probably not like... like yeah, like a we always called it. One of the nurses I used to work with called it a PTA bath. Mm. Pits, tits, and asshole. Great! <laughs> I now have to take that out. Do you? I think I should. <laughs> I don't know how would Nan Kazen feel about that. I don't know. She might laugh. I don't know. <laughs> a bird bath. Anyway, yeah, if like, you will, kind of like but a no, sink. I don't think because think of I don't know how 
I mean, dust and dirt and stuff could probably protect your skin. So, like, they probably didn't yeah. shower as often or bathe themselves Right, as and think often. about, too, you would have to... Maybe, like, once a week. Yeah, think about trying to have, like, any type of, like, tub or barrel or anything. Like, you have to be able to pick up a move. And what was, like, the scarcity of water? Exactly. I mean, how many how times did they how, run out? Right, how how close of access did you have to it yeah you know so the fact that he had to fully submerge and bathe it's probably a big deal it is i feel plus he's also a cleaning himself Mm -hmm. physically and then he's gonna cleanse himself spiritually with an offering yeah and all that yep so all right we have an outline of the ceremonies one of my favorite verses somewhat a rabbit hole moment for me not really favorite verse but like interesting yes thank you i got you six or ten aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house then he shall take the two goats and set them before the lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting and aaron shall cast lots over the two goats one lot for the lord and one lot and the other lot for azazel is that how you say that I guess that's how I would say it. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. So we have that name, Azazel, Azazel. mentioned like three times. Yes. So I was like, okay, wait, pause. What does that mean? Number one. Number two, why what? is it so important? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I got in a rabbit hole for two days looking at stuff. I had to tell her to move on. She did. Uh, last night. So. <laughs> 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 so let's backpedal a little bit here for a minute. Casting lots. Okay. I always think of this as like an auction, but apparently that's not what it is. I also thought that as well. I'm like, why are we placing what? Why? What? On the like goat? placing bets. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, $50. You want $50. You got $50. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> right? Like, lots. Then I'm like, okay, but how does that make any sense? Like how casting lots like on the... Okay. On the goats? It yeah. doesn't, make doesn't make any, any sense. sense. Why would... Correct. Why would... Like... Okay. Yeah. So what I found was casting lots is just choosing at random. Yeah. Okay. Flipping a coin, flipping a coin, doing whatever. So like one of the things I saw said that they used the yes, no stones. Yes. The umum and the thermum. Uh I immediately thought of that. Whichever one fell out for the question posed, like, is this one for the Lord? Yes. No. Is like what they went with and, or they, you know, picked one at random. Like they just picked one, picked one. Yeah. You know, Mm mm-hmm. Both of the goats were supposed to be completely the same in all aspects. Same, like, no blemishes, same age, around the same value, same sex, like, everything, everything. was supposed to be the same. Mm-hmm. Twins. Twins. Um, <laughs> so, if we go back to the Azazel thing, right? So, we have the two goats. One's going to be for the Lord, and mm-hmm. one is going to be the scapegoat. So... A lot of what I found said that the translation of this word in Hebrew literally means scapegoat. Yeah. Like it's the scapegoat. <laughs> it's the one that gets away. It's the one that does not die. Correct. A lot of other things that I also found were talking about how this Azazel could be a place where they would banish the goat to the cliffs and then subsequently push it off the cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> other things that I saw was that it was a demon. And how the sins of the people were cast upon this goat. It was led out from the city back to where the sins originated to the demon Azazel. And it's like 
how it's uh, this was like a fallen angel okay and this is where we get down into the rabbit hole okay <laughs> i got lost because this fallen angel is actually talked about in the book of enoch which is not part of the canaan did i say that right canon canon not part of the canon which is you know the books that have been accepted by the protestant church mm-hmm. now if you have like a catholic bible or a jewish bible they're there and so i got dug down into the books and who this Azazel person was. And it's a fallen angel that's kind of like Satan's right-hand man. And he's like a leader of all these other demons. Like, okay, take it with a grain of salt because it's not part of the canon. But still, it's interesting. interesting. It's interesting. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, this is a scapegoat. The second goat is a scapegoat. He literally gets to escape, um, which is not what a scapegoat means, but still. Secondly, there is no real knowing of what this Azazel means. Nobody knows. Yeah. Like it's all conjecture. Yeah. And so the sources that I looked at for two, three, four days uh, consisted of all, all the denominations. Like there were some that were from the Jewish denomination. There were some that were from the Catholic denomination. There were some that were from like RTS and like all these other, Mm -hmm. all of them. And so they all said a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Put it in, put it in the book. Right question to ask god <laughs> i don't know how about this right <laughs> and he would say um didn't i tell you not to worry about the details <sighs> listen i can't help it i just I'm would curious. like to know i'm curious oh oh i forgot <gasps> another me. sorry another part of this a, a thing that i found about this guy this this fallen angel was that he was actually one of the nephilim one of the fallen angels who lusted after god's women who taught the people how to do all of this stuff that they weren't supposed to know how to do, which also subsequently brought up the flood. Like he's old, an old dude. Yeah. And he's also referenced when they found some, some of the Dead Sea Scrolls, some of the articles and things or literature that they found what, with the Dead Sea Scrolls. What about, the, what does it say in there? I don't remember. Oh. I'm just saying, like they found evidence hmm. like with the book i mean and i'm sure and all that stuff. i'm sure yes where is he now i don't think i want to know where is he behind you <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding um in hell where he belongs so is he who knows who cares i was just curious the sins of israel i came was curious looking for him so <laughs> he has all these goats <laughs> he probably does what do i do with these goats anyway um Okay, moving on. The Azazel thing. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We're done yes. with that, right? Yep. Perfect. It's basically a scapegoat. Yeah. So pretty much. The sins of Israel are atoned for by one of the goats. That's mm-hmm. the Lord's. And then the other one, the sins are put on that goat and the goat is banished. Released. Released into the wilderness. Yeah. So Aaron, Aaron. Picking up at 11. Yes. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull in a, as a sin offering for himself, and he shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small. And he shall bring it inside the veil and put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony that he does not die so that he does not die. Mm -hmm. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. And in the front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. 
Okay. So that was the description of what Aaron is supposed to do with the sin offering that he is offering for himself and the house. Correct. His house, which is like all the Levites. Yeah. And his sons mm -hmm. and the priests. And their families. Their families. All that stuff. So I like the incense. Yeah. What did you think about it? I, it's God yet again, catering to our humanity and protecting us. You know, you don't know. Explain. So the the incense, when it would burn, would make this cloud Uh and he couldn't go in until the smoke from the incense filled to cover God's glory, Uh to keep him separate from God's glory. Because if you see God's glory, we all know what happens, don't we? Mm -hmm. So yes can you imagine pulling back the weighted curtain that's between the holy place and the most holy place and seeing the shekinah glory how how amazing right yeah and like or to know because i don't know like that he could see it because you can't he couldn't look upon it or else he would die you can't look at the face of god so you could see his glory can you imagine like just being like the smoke shielded yeah just being like there you could feel it yeah i'm sure crazy (laughs) crazy yep i also thought about um the sacrifice of jesus when he dies and god brings an entire like darkness over the Mm -hmm. world kind of like that yeah because the 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 offering has died Mm -hmm. and we have a darkness yeah granted it's not over the entire world but it's through the veil yeah it's kind of like that darkness was just yes anyway um so i feel like we're very fortunate in having um a rich history with the jewish community um and that like the rabbis and things they kept really good documentation uh so we have and and by the way if you didn't know the day of atonement is still practiced today Mm -hmm. by jewish people Mm -hmm. um and so like i don't know do they have a high priest they don't do sacrifices anymore i don't think i don't think they do sacrifices anymore i would imagine that there's a high priest but i honestly have no idea enduring word has um a traditional prayer that he prayed when he was doing his um sacrifice for the bull do you want to read it Mm -hmm. it says oh god i have committed iniquity transgressed and sinned before thee i and my house oh god forgive the iniquities and transgressions and sins which i have committed and transgressed and sinned before thee i and my house as it is written in the law of thy servant moses for on this day shall atonement be made for you to clean for you to cleanse you from all of your sins shall ye be clean before the lord or it is written like it's written it says that yeah and that's what he's praying for. He's like, forgive me. It reminds me a lot of um, the Lord's Prayer. A little bit. Mm-hmm. That Jesus. Yeah, I thought it sounded very similar. Mm-hmm. So God is above the mercy seat, right? Like he descends mm-hmm. above the mercy seat. He's yeah. not like sitting on it. No. But he is above the mercy seat, which contains basically all of the things that kind of point to the people's sin, don't you think? What do you mean? The tablets. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A. The yeah. law that mm-hmm. they cannot keep perfect be right. the ones that were originally broken because of what mm-hmm. we have the budding rod of Aaron, yep. which is also another thing. Yep. And then we also have the manna, which they complained yeah. about for forever, which they're still eating, by the way. Yeah. They eat it for 40 years after they go into the promised land. Hmm. I'm just saying I'm he like, sees the sins of the oh, people. Yeah, absolutely. As he descends on the mercy seat absolutely. and then. Aaron sprinkles the blood and the blood covers the mercy seat, which atonement is to cover. Yes. It doesn't to take away. Correct. 
Like it's not just gone. It's covered by the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, he comes back out to kill the goat for the people. That's the way I read it anyway. Like, I feel like he kills the yeah. bull, takes the blood, takes the incense, goes in, does his thing for yes. himself first. Yeah. And then he comes back out, kills the goat, goes back in, does, you sprinkle uh-huh. the blood seven times again for the people and his house. Yeah. Not his house, like the the tabernacle itself. Yeah. Because everything in it is now defiled by the people's sin. It's like when they first put it up and Moses had to go in and anoint everything. everything. It's exactly like that, except he can't touch the Ark of the Covenant. He has to sprinkle, sprinkle it. it down. Yes. Seven times. Yeah. What if you didn't do seven? What if you did like eight? That wouldn't work. You think so? I think if you if you were like you just had so much blood on your hand that it accidentally dripped another drop. Yeah. Like God obviously knows where our hearts are. Like I, but if you intentionally did one less or one more, I feel like that would be a problem. That's why the string is there. What the string that's around his ankle so they can uh, pull his yeah. dead body out? Yeah, it's exactly what it's for. The bells. <laughs> we not remember the bells. Is he standing there stomping while he's doing it? Well, when you do, you figure the how big the arc the covenant is. Shaking. Like if he has to walk over to one side or the other side, because like. I don't want to accidentally touch the ark and die. So I'm not just going to try to stretch my hand. I'm yeah. probably going to, you know, jingle, jingle, jingle around to the other side. <laughs> you know, not that I'm saying that I would be qualified to be a priest, but you right. know, like, so, but yes, he would atone for his own sins first because then how could he, if he was unclean or if he, you know, was covered yep. in sin, how could he, help to atone for anybody else's so he would have to do his first and then the people yep um and that was what the end of the 28 i feel like is what it goes through hold on no so they present the live goat after they do his burnt offering or his sin offering inside at the mercy seat he comes back out kills the people's goat does their sin offering at the mercy seat then Mm -hmm. they come out and they put their hands on the goat that's the scapegoat yes and confess the sins of the people on this goat so it's like the transfer of sin Mm -hmm. that is for all people so like the day of atonement is really necessary because i feel like god knew that they weren't going to keep up with all of the sacrifices they needed in order to atone for their own sin yes we're gonna have harbored sin that nobody wants to come forth with like adultery or theft Mm -hmm. or stuff like that yeah that was unwitnessed so we have that harbored sin of the people which then also defiles everything that it they touch exactly and then you know we have all of those other ones that you may have sinned and you don't know that you have sinned. correct so like it's that unintentional sin yet again yeah so it's it's all encompassing i feel like this one day one time a year they go in and you're able to wipe the slate clean yeah starting over basically starting over you're you're essentially i don't know is the right word reborn kind of yeah reborn or you're like you said you're wiping the slate clean you're starting over yeah i read something interesting on enduring word it said according to some jewish traditions um it was on the day of atonement that the high priest and only the high priest could pronounce the name of god properly like they knew how to pronounce yahweh Mm -hmm. like properly Mm because apparently we're not saying it right um Mm -hmm. (laughs) he said when he entered the holy place with the blood of the goat set apart to the lord he uttered the name he was he was the only one and that was the only time when the name could be spoken and the high priest was to pass it on 
the exact pronunciation of the name of God to his successor with his dying breath. How interesting. crazy is that? That's, that's true. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Huh. That's insane. It is. I want to know how to say it because I feel like I'm disrespectful if I say it wrong. Right? You know? I'm just going to say it's a breath. Mm-hmm. He gives us our breath, so it's a breath. <laughs> Did you just choke? <laughs> no, I said... Yeah. <laughs> Inhale, exhale. Mm-hmm. Okay. After they put the sins of the people on the goat. Yes. Right? The goat is led off into the wilderness. Yes. Set free. Right? Huh? Set free. Set free. We have a person that leads the goat away yes we do um the goat no mm-hmm. hold on this microphone's in my way he shall put on them the head of okay send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness so basically a guy is appointed to be like yeah You're this is your job your job is to take take, take the, the goat, goat away, away. <laughs> <laughs> so the rts lecture that i listened to said it says this you know the rabbis say that a man who was appointed here in leviticus 16 to take the scapegoat into the wilderness was to journey 12 miles into the wilderness and then it was to remain until the scape oh and then was to remain until the scapegoat was completely out of sight and then he would turn and he would come back to the place of the people of god 12 miles and then he had to stand there until the goat wandered until off far enough away that you couldn't see it yes to make sure it was gone yes they can follow it back yes oh. um obviously the sin wasn't completely gone like the sin wasn't it was just put right. away really yeah it was just let go yeah um so enduring word had a good point it was like how could one know for certain that god had accepted the sacrifice on the day of atonement right mm-hmm. and like forgive the people right so so what if someone accidentally encountered the scapegoat in the wilderness what if the scapegoat wandered back among the people of israel like what if it just came back <laughs> through their traditions the jews began to deal with these concerns on the head of the scapegoat a piece of scarlet cloth was tied and the tradition of the jews states that if god accepted the sacrifice the scarlet cloth would turn white while the goat was led into the desert but if god had not accepted this sacrifice the redness <laughs> continued and the rest of the year was spent in mourning i feel like this is one of those things that they just took and ran with maybe because to me it's like okay well god says he's going to accept the sacrifice and your and your sins are covered for like you've atoned for your sins like you just have to have that faith to know that god is faithful and he's going to do what he says this is just one of those things they took and ran with maybe but listen to this i mean like as far as like the cloth and a year a, a year in mourning and maybe but listen when jesus died his clothes were red because they mm-hmm. were covered in blood. Yeah. And when he rose again, he was covered in white. Yeah. The perfect sacrifice accepted by God, number one. Number two, it says the ancient Hib- Hebrews write that 40 years before the destruction of the temple, which was about the time of Christ's death, the red string that was tied onto the scapegoat turned white no more because Jesus paid it all and they're doing all their stuff. It means nothing yeah crazy yeah a take it with a grain of salt because it's not written in the bible but two it's interesting to to think about yeah it is it's interesting she doesn't believe me i'm not saying that i don't believe you i'm and i'm sure that they did things like that because think about too like okay you send a goat out into the wilderness with a piece of red fabric tied across them things get sun faded like you know what i mean like it's gonna eventually lose its color no but as it was walking out like as they were leaving the city before they left the goat to the wilderness it turned white i feel like it's what it said 
Yes. Yes. And I know you're reading what that says, but I feel like if that were the case, like God would say, tie a piece of, of ribbon or tie a piece of whatever around the goat's horn. And if I accept your sacrifice, then I'll turn the fabric white. But he didn't tell us that. He says, do this and your sins are atoned for. I you know what it. I mean? I get I'm it. not arguing with you. I'm just saying that this, I feel like this is one of those it's things. those questions that I, they had to I, pose and answer for themselves. Yes. And I feel like this is one of those things where they just got too caught up in the, like the nuances and they took and ran with, but we talked about something like this in the last episode also. It was the lepers. Yes. Yeah. They just took and ran with it and made something up. I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible, but it sounds a little far-fetched. No, it sounds like, I mean, red to white and blood and being cleansed by blood and stuff like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't. She doesn't believe it. (laughs) I mean, it was something that they did and I didn't just take it and run with it with this commentary. I looked at it on like different Jewish websites about the Day of Atonement, what they used to do in ancient times. Yeah. And they did that. And with I'm the sure because and I guess it would be like anybody now questioning their salvation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just have to trust that like if, if your heart is in the right place that and you've done what you're supposed to do as far as like, you know, accepting Jesus Christ and confessing your sins and everything, then you're okay. But of course, a little bit a legitimate fear is well, going to be you know, the goat is back. The goat's <laughs> back. He comes back, you know. Um you didn't drop seven blood droplets. You dropped eight by accident and you've messed up the ritual. So God doesn't accept your sacrifice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a legitimate question. Yeah, it's, yes. And and yes, I do think you need to take it on faith. But at yes. the same time, you also have to trust they that the were high priest very did literal what they people. were supposed to do. Yeah. And they're very, I feel like they were very literal people. Okay. So basically after the scapegoat comes, he has to wash himself, right? Um... And he the has guy? to, yeah, the yes. priest. He has to wash himself. The guy that leads away the goat has to wash mm-hmm. himself and wait till nightfall to be clean again, um, basically because he went away with all of Israel's sin. So, <laughs> um, I want to know where where he bathed in the tabernacle to be able to leave his clothes in there. Because mm-hmm. here's the verse. Where's where is it? Hold on. I, I bet you it's just out front. Hold on. Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he was in the holy place and he shall leave them there and he shall bathe his body in water in a holy place and put on his garments and come out after his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and the people. I bet you it's like right outside the most holy place probably because like you know how it's like how it's like in a room you know what i mean and they probably had just like he knew he's gonna have to do that like because he's changing them from like his linen clothes back into his priestly garments correct i would assume so so i would assume he probably like yeah took like a bowl of water or whatever and had it set out with his you know get naked in the glory of god (laughs) did but (laughs) everyone was naked in front of god until I say everyone, but Adam and Eve, they were fine with being naked until they ate from the tree. Until they knew that they were naked. Until they had the knowledge. Well, that's what the snake said. They were going to get knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. They They already had the knowledge. They got menstrual cramps is what they got. Right. Thanks, Eve. Okay. (sighs) Is this a stupid question? Do you think they went to hell? Adam and Eve? Mm -hmm. I don't think so because they they were supposedly buried in the cave. Well, I mean, your body can be buried anywhere, spiritually, like their souls. Like, do you think they're in hell or do you think they're in heaven? Because 
if God gave like sacrifices and everything, because like even Abraham like did sacrifices and everything. I mean, and we're assuming he didn't go to hell, correct? What's that place? That's the holding place, basically, until the veil was torn when Jesus was born. I, think I mean, that's born. Where they went. But okay, so then, so then, did they go to heaven? Then I would assume so. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think they were sorry? Were yeah, they? I feel like they would have been immediately. I feel like she would have been. I mean, like they they obeyed God. They did as they were commanded. They were fruitful and multiplied. They yeah. filled the earth. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I forget what made me think about that whenever I was doing my reading for this episode. I was like, do you think they're in heaven or hell? Have we had this conversation? No, we haven't. I do think they're in heaven. I feel like they went to that little holy place. Yeah, where everyone else did until Jesus was murdered. Yeah. Crucified. Yeah. And, and then everybody just... that was in the holding place would have went because to heaven. Because they, they, while God didn't technically have a covenant with them, they knew the original promise was mm-hmm. that the seed of the woman was going to crush the head of the serpent and they believed that or else they yeah, would not have true. been that's very true you know yeah fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. and i feel like after the garden i feel like their lives probably were very god-centered or else they like he wouldn't have yeah we don't really know that. much other than the fact that she gave birth a few times she gave birth a lot more than that i feel they lived like 900 some years did anyway gross incest i mean we're gonna a put a stop to that soon yes okay that, that was a nice little <laughs> lots daughters we're seriously side abraham um abraham yeah he oh yeah his half right. sister i forgot tune in to next episode <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway so he's bathed he put on he's back in his regular priest garb yes and he the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought to make atonement shall be burned up with fire carried outside the camp the skin their flesh and their dung all shall be burned up um and then the person who does it has to bathe i think and wash their clothes mm-hmm. and wait until sundown yes and basically 29 through what is that last verse 33 34 34 yeah it's just saying you're gonna do this forever yeah this is going to be a regular thing until I say otherwise. Until once a year, until my baby Jesus comes. And I mean, it does say you shall afflict yourselves. It says you shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, mm-hmm. and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. Yeah. So basically, on this day, to afflict in this sense means I have a note about that. You're fast. You're going to fast. Like on the Day of Atonement, there's fasting and no working. It's like the Sabbath, like no working. Like you're at home thinking about the reverence and the seriousness of your actions and the seriousness and the holiness of God. And on this day, you're going to remember. Yep. Enduring Word says, in contrast to other national days of gathering, the Day of Atonement was a day to afflict your souls. That is, it was a day of fasting and rest, a Sabbath, a solemn rest. It says, God wanted them to afflict themselves to show the humility and repentance appropriate for those who needed forgiveness. Everyone. Everybody. Um, it says, modern Jews who do, who do observe the Day of Atonement, Yom K- Kippur, 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 how do you say it? I don't know. I say Kippur. Okay. Kippur, typically fast for the day. Kippur. 
The Manisha Mish, Mishnah gives four more things to abstain from. I think that's writings by rabbis. Yeah, by the way. I think so. Uh, bathing, the use of oil on the body, wearing shoes, and sexual intercourse. Hmm. Even if a Jewish person today were to observe all those things on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, they still have no sacrifice for sins. Some Jewish people consider their own sacrifice to be a suitable substitute. LOL. LOL. Today, some sacrifice a rooster for every male in the family and a hen for every female on the Day of Atonement. Who are you to just... Dis- <laughs> Jewish people consider charity a suitable su- substitute for sacrifice. Done. The word charity in modern Hebrew is the same word for righteousness. I can't with these people some jewish people consider sufferings a suitable substitute for sacrifice among the jews of eastern europe there used to be a custom to inflict 39 lashes upon themselves on the day of atonement some jewish people consider good works or the study of the law as suitable substitutes for sacrifice we're not even no (laughs) no like jesus paid it all we don't need a day of atonement anymore well, because Jesus what paid makes it you all. As a flesh being, as a, and the words of R.C. Sproul, a creature from the dirt that thinks that you can say what is an acceptable sacrifice to God for atonement of your sins. You're dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just seriously, like, what? Self righteousness. What qualifies, not, I'm not saying you as in Me. you, we'll but what qualifies. <laughs> I have time. <laughs> what qualifies any human being anywhere to say what an acceptable sacrifice to God is? It doesn't. Exactly. I, Which is why I highlighted it to say on our <laughs> podcast. I can't. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, you have this man who was beat, stabbed. This is where I said the trumpet thing. It says, Yom Kippur ends with the blowing of the shofar, the trumpet that heralds the coming of the Messiah. The following prayer for a Jewish atonement. Okay, I'm not going to read that. Because that's going (laughs) to... I wonder if one day they're going to start blowing that horn and then the horn of heaven is going to start blowing and everybody, all the Christians are just going to be gone, disappear. And they're going to be like, oh, we're blowing the wrong Um, horn. Whoopsie. Messed that up, guys. (laughs) That was really bad what just sat there and judged them (laughs) we did but it's a legitimate question like who what so the high priest (laughs) makes atonement for himself makes atonement for the people and also atones the sanctuary he basically reconsecrates everything and makes it holy again so they can be used for another year yeah because basically i read a thing that said pretty much and i'm sure you know this but because the tabernacle is in the middle of everything and we are defiled people kind of like how things become unclean or people become unclean from just being in the same vicinity as something that's unclean yeah Yeah. it's what's happened what happens to the tabernacle throughout the year and so that's why he has to go in and redo it basically yeah. But no, it is not Moses anymore. No, it's Aaron. After the first time. So yeah, Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses. So the, on the entire Day of Atonement, it is Aaron, the high priest, or whoever the high priest is at the time, this first Day of Atonement was Aaron, doing all of the things. Mm-hmm. He's the one that has to kill the bull. He's the one that has to kill the goats. He's the one that has to kill the rams and burn all the stuff and sprinkle all the blood and put on the clothes and do all the things. Yeah. He's doing it. It's his job. Correct. As the high priest. Yep. I know how nervous I get about just like speaking in a meeting. Can you imagine being in charge of 
atoning coming for into the an presence entire of God? Na- well, and atoning for an entire nation's sins. You know how inadequate I would feel? And how inadequate I do feel? Like coming in, like going into the presence of God. The idea of immediately face hit dirt. Right? Like. Don't, don't hit, don't, don't. Face hit dirt. Don't hit the, don't hit the dark. Don't, don't hit no, it. No, you're done. <laughs> by done i mean dead i mean like what if like your hair kind of like i feel like it's one of those things too because like you know how when aaron's sons died and aaron didn't do the sacrifice they were very prideful though yes but and aaron didn't do the sacrifice the way he was originally supposed to because he didn't feel like he was okay and god had already accepted it and was fine with it that god knows your hearts i feel like if it were like if your garment brushed it or something and it was not intentional and you didn't realize like whereas like if you're like look my hair you see my hair is gonna touch it like you know (laughs) but also too keep in mind like he will remain holy (laughs) that's all i gotta say (laughs) if that ain't the truth (laughs) he will not be defiled absolutely not um but keep in mind too like how careful like and how i wonder if any of the high priests ever died i'm sure they did i'm sure they did think about it like i am sure that they did anyway moving on to 17 yes 17 is kind of a turning point i feel it kind of connects the first half of the book which ends you know chapter one through 16 to the second half of the book which is 18 through the rest of the yeah however many chapters are um how many chapters are there i don't know anyway i was just curious if you knew 20 i'm ready to be done with leviticus is what i'm saying 27 okay we have 10 more so 17 is talking about sacrifice a little bit it has a lot of themes surrounding blood Mm -hmm. and what we're to do with blood yeah and how we're supposed to be killing things yeah um and it 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 ties into the first half of the book because you know with sacrifice it's ritual it's whatever and then at the back half of it it talks about something else what was it i don't know where you're going so i'm gonna let you all done it's basically, well, let me not. In case. Oh, okay, yes, no. So the first half of the book is talking about like corporate worship, mm-hmm. like the people worshiping God together. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the book is talking about the individual, your individual actions and every, what are you looking at? Some, oh, it's a bird. I thought that was a squirrel. Your individual actions and how you stand in the worship of God individually. It's basically how to maintain individual holiness. Yes. And so this chapter is talking about sacrifices on the individual level as Mm -hmm. well as sacrifices and holy worship with everybody else. Yeah. And how that all plays in. It's kind of like a little mesh point. Yes. So it's very short. It's 16 verses. All right. Um, Do you just want to start reading? Yeah. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons and all the people of Israel and say to them, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. If anyone of the house of Israel kills an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp or kills it outside of the camp and does not bring it into the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it as a gift to the Lord in front of the tabernacle of the Lord, blood guilt shall be imputed to that man. He has shed blood and that man will be cut off from among his people. This is to end that the people of Israel may bring their sacrifices that they sacrifice in the open field that they may bring them to the Lord, to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting and sacrifice them as sacrifices of peace offerings to the Lord. And the priest shall throw the blood on the altar of the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting and burn the fat for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So they shall no more... 
Let me start over. So they shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. That's the first kind of little chunk of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot to unpack. We do. Where would you like to start? I would like to start with them not being able to kill anything unless they bring it to the tent of meeting. Okay. So... Because when I first read this, right, here's my first thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, all right, so they can, they're talking about clean animals that are obviously able to be sacrificed and or eaten. Right. Yeah. So my first thought process was, okay, so if they're going to kill an animal, whether it be for sacrifice or for food, they have to bring it to the tent of meeting so that A, they're not able to eat the fat because God said no one should eat the fat. Mm-hmm. And B, so that the blood can be properly drained and sacrificed to God. Correct. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But is that true? So this is what I found because I also was thrown off by that. Yeah. Um, this is what Bible, I'm sorry, it's BibleTalk.tv, by the way. Um <laughs> been saying that wrong for like six episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> BibleTalk.tv um, says um, for Leviticus... <laughs> I hate myself. (laughs) For Leviticus. (laughs) For Leviticus 17, 1 through 9, no animal was to be killed or sacrificed for food by any Israelite except at the tabernacle. Slaughtering an animal for food without sacrifice was forbidden. Note that they had manna to eat and rarely ate meat since animals were so valuable and needed to begin breeding when they arrived at the promised land. The main purpose of this rule was to centralize worship at the tabernacle and to stop the pagan practice of sacrificing animals to pagan gods in open fields. Each territory, because remember, there's 12 tribes of Israel, so they each have their own territory. So each territory had its local gods and people would offer sacrifices to appease these deities as they traveled from place to place. The Jews had God dwelling among them within the tabernacle, and he led them from place to place, eventually to the promised land. This was a serious offense in that it denied the priests their portion of food and was punishable by being cut off from the people, which could mean the elimination of a line of descent, excommunication from the community, and execution by the Lord himself. This offense was considered as serious as killing a human, which is what they mean by blood guilt. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they are breaking the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And remember, too, that when you sacrifice an animal, a portion was given to the priests to eat and a portion was given to the person who is making the sacrifice to eat as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense. And it's it's. I feel like, too, it's to limit the also amount of possible sin that would be going on. You know, like you. Yeah. Oh, so you killed an ox last night. Was that for your food or did you want to sacrifice that? Yeah. I was like, why, oh, why did you do that? Oh, that was for my family. We ate that. Yeah. No, but we sacrificed it to the goat demons first. Right. We gave the fat to the goat demons. Like what? No. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. is a jealous God. He'll smite you. We've seen it. Crispy. Flood the entire world. Exactly. Anyway, do you remember the fire beam? Do you remember the balls of fire? Raining Sodom and fire? Gamora? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. So 
any animal that they were going to kill for food or for sacrifice had to be sacrificed. I think we talked about that a little while ago when we were when we were talking about the sacrifices at the very beginning of Leviticus yeah. and we were just like basically every animal that was going to be given had to be given as a sacrifice yeah. first. Now, and that doesn't mean too. I feel like we think because when we think sacrifice, we think like the whole thing. And again, this just goes into the further studies that we did earlier in earlier episodes wherein like that's not what that was, is that a large part of it too was again given to the sacrificer and his family and or the priests as well you know yeah so it wasn't like you would sacrifice an animal and not i mean not that we deserve any part of it anyway but like it wasn't always all going to yeah the ritual you know what i mean like you were still going to get a portion of it i think the peace offering the only thing that was given was the fat i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering i don't remember i honestly don't remember the specifics because it was like you shall give a peace offering to the lord and i'm pretty sure it was just a blood was turned against the thing and it was just the fat that was given Mm mm-hmm Here's the thing, too, about hunting, too. It says the Israelites could kill and eat a clean, wild animal, but not its blood. Oh, we just haven't read it yet. No, I thought we did. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, I can imagine this being something that was like problematic. A problem, especially since they were in Israel or not Israel in Egypt for how long? Egypt, I'm sure, practiced these things. So they were yep. living it, doing it. They're about to come into the land of Canaan where they're going to be surrounded by paganistic na- nations that are that are practicing sacrifices to other gods, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so again, this goes back to the whole like when you think about holiness and being set apart, of course Israel's going to stick out and be set apart and look yeah. different because they're not sacrificing to your made up stick figures, goat your voodoo demons. dolls, your goat demons. <laughs> your goat demons. <laughs> 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 right. So actually this statute is only going to be here for a little bit. Like the fact that they have to offer, they have to come to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the, the priest actually has to kill the, the thing and drain its blood correctly and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. In the book of Deuteronomy, this is actually abolished because it doesn't make sense anymore for it to be done. So it's, you know, it's not set in stone, but all the things that were given in the law accommodate the state that Israel is in. So right now they're nomads. They're wandering in the wilderness. They're not going to be cooking a beef or a pot yeah. roast or what What? What do the Jewish people? A brisket every single night. <laughs> You know, because they'd have to trek all the way up to the tent of meeting, wait for him to kill it, wait for him to butcher it right, wait for the sacrifice to be over, come back, actually put it in the crock pot. Like, it's not going to happen. You're probably going to be on a mostly vegetarian diet. You had a good point of saying the animals need to be able to breed when they came into the promised land. And like, they're always on the move. So like, no, Mm -hmm. exactly. It makes sense. So it talks about people who are just visitors. Yes. And how they're supposed to accommodate that as well. Like if the visitors are there and they're going to be sacrificing to their gods, no, 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 you, you can't you stay go. here. Nope. Find somewhere else. Exactly. You, you can't sit with us. Right. Um. So then we kind of go into the second portion, which is talking about eating blood. It says, if anyone of the house of Israel or any of the strangers who is to join with them eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and I will cut him off from among his people, which could be go away or smite Mm -hmm. for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. 
Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel, no person among you shall eat any blood, neither shall any stranger who sojourns among you eat blood. Anyone also of the people of Israel or strangers who sojourn among them who takes, oh, this is about hunting. Mm -hmm. So talking about eating blood. I'll do it. It's the life source. Like it's. Yeah. I saw something whenever I was reading, I kind of, I really liked it. It said basically that the blood, the blood is the most precious substance available to humans because blood represents life and who is the giver and the taker of life god God. so no you don't have any right to it at all whatsoever no i mean you drain the blood the the animal dies you drain the blood the person dies if you don't Mm -hmm. have enough blood in your system you will die yeah like blood is life a when i read this the first time around i was trans ported back to genesis are you gonna say what i think you're gonna say yes with with abel yeah and his blood is crying out to me from the ground like yes of course he creates every single life that is on this planet and you think that he doesn't know that you killed that ox and offered it to your goat demon like right and you drank its blood it's crying out to him from your colon like (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah yeah don't do it right and like it's he he gave us the life blood of atonement so that we can be in his presence. Yes. And that is what is so significant about it. Like you can't just take it and want to drink it because you're weird. Like no. Mm-hmm. No. It's beyond that. It's so it's, much yeah. Exactly. And if you think about it too, you know, and I, again, I know we talked about this earlier, but think about now that we're that's fresh on your mind, like the importance of blood and think about then how precious Jesus sacrifice was for us. Yep. You know, like the blood of God, yeah. literally the blood of God. Seriously. Makes me want to cry. I know. Okay. Undeserving. Any- <laughs> yes. Like we had a whole conversation about it today anyway i was like i texted her i was like where are the scapegoats Mm -hmm. actually technically we're not the scapegoats but like we're the people who get to go free like it's just anyway Mm -hmm. anyway and we continue to live like we do and we're continue to be crap 13 anyone also of the people of israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them who takes in hunting any beast or bird that may be eaten shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth for every life of every creature is its blood and its blood is its life therefore i have said to the people of israel you shall not eat the blood of any creature for the life of every creature is in its blood whoever eats it shall be cut off and every person who eats what dies of itself or what is torn by beast whether it is a native or sojourner shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening then he shall be clean but if he does not wash them or bathe in his flesh he shall bear his iniquity basically if you're going to go hunting you have to drain the blood of the animal so that there's no blood in the animal when you go to eat it. Mm-hmm. And you have to bury it in the ground. In the ground, yeah. You can't just let it pool. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine stringing up a deer, digging a hole, and cutting Underneath it Underneath of it, yeah. And letting it all just drain, drain out. out. Yep. Um, there's also a part, I feel like the priests, when they bring their animals they also drain their blood. Yeah, they probably, like, you probably do as much as you can in the wilderness, like, when you're hunting or whatever. Yeah. And then whenever you take it... To sacrifice. Mm-hmm, they'll make sure it's all taken care of. Yeah. For you. 
Yeah. And then the the whole if it dies of itself or is torn by bees is talking about if it dies naturally. Mm-hmm. And the blood is there, but you can't drain it. Like, it's... Just there. I mean, think about it. When something dies, the blood clots, you rigor. Like, it's well, going to be very too, difficult well, to get it out. It's hot and dry. So, like, it's not going to be wet for very long. No. You know? No. So. Yeah. So, I think that was it. I think that's it. Wow. That was a very short chapter. That it had was, a lot of good stuff. It did. Some deep, some deep things for thought there. How we're, you know, undeserving of Jesus. Completely and entirely. And yet here we are. Like I said, what did I do to be born on this side of the cross? Right. What did I do? Right. And to think about too, like, and this goes for anybody listening, that like God chose for you to be born on this side of the cross. Yes. Like he decided that you would be, to be here. on this side yeah. that we have this knowledge and we have this gift that they didn't have and we have this easier i don't know for lack of a better term easier ability to easier path see things like to accept who jesus is and mm-hmm. you know yeah it's a lot it's a lot and you have all this evidence that people didn't have like even after even after christ came and died and was rose from the dead we didn't have like these books. We didn't have the New Testament until no. much, much later. Yeah. So like it was all word of mouth. Yeah. And faith. Mm-hmm. So it's still one of the largest growing religions today. Good. Amen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's our favorite verse? Our favorite verse. I know this might surprise you all. <laughs> 17 verse 7. Yes. Read it. So they shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. Yes. Calling out the Bible is immaculate in its timing and and right and the wording like of which they whore. (laughs) That just means they lust after it. Like they want it more than they want God. Mm -hmm. They want to sacrifice to their goat demons. Even after being literally just demons. Because did you know the pagan gods were really like mirrored off of literal demons? I have long said that. And I have long suspicioned that. Suspected? Yeah, suspected that Greek gods are based off of the idea of, of, yeah. Fallen angels. Yeah, of demons. Mm -hmm. So. mm -hmm. Anyway. Yep. Yes. So on the next episode, we will be discussing chapters 18 through 20, and that'll be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.